Hey yoga teacher, now is the time to make a much bigger impact in the world. You're listening to The Yogipreneur, a podcast for entrepreneurial yoga teachers who want to stop the hustle and overwhelm and instead create more income, freedom and success. I'm your host, Kelly McHugh, founder of Digital Yoga Academy, and I'm sharing business and marketing strategies to grow your community in a way that makes it easy to take action today. I believe that you have a unique message to share that your people need to hear. So let's get to it. So welcome everyone. And today I have with me Ali Van Fossen, the founder of The Journey Junkie, an ultimate badass yoga entrepreneur. (laughs) So, so happy to have you here with us, Ali. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this interview and it's been really great getting to know you and your community and watching how you're leading that community. So, and I'm really passionate about the topic that we're going to dive into. So I'm excited to be here and share some valuable information and hopefully save some people from some of the headaches that you and I have probably navigated. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, So let's start by hearing a little bit about your journey into teaching. At what point did you decide that you wanted to share your love of yoga with others? Yeah, I've been practicing for about uh, two solid years, maybe even three, I think. And the yoga practice, like many can attest to, transform me from the inside out. You know, I was one of those women who really cared about the number on the scale. I would do these crazy diets just to make sure I could look thin in photos. And I also did a lot of dabbling in um, drugs and had quite a few fun party years. And I also really had no intrinsic internal motivation or vision for where I wanted to go either. I always said, I'm going to grow up, marry rich, and be a housewife, right? Mm. That was my plan. And so the yoga practice, as many of us know, just really gave me this incredible foundation of self-worth and confidence and physical strength that turned into emotional mental strength. And my daily habits were changing and my conversations were changing and my visions for the future were absolutely changing. And so it was through that transformation, I was about 22 years old when I met the yoga practice, that I chose to become a teacher because it had literally transformed me and I felt like I have to pass this onward. And I'll also share, I was looking for a way to get out of the corporate space. I was really burnt out on the cubicle life and I wanted to be able to design my own life. And at the time I thought, okay, being a yoga teacher is my ticket out of here. I came to find out that was a really different story than what I had imagined, but it was really those two pieces coming together that motivated me to say, okay, let me invest in yoga teacher training. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because quite often it's the kind of healing and transformation journey that we've gone through ourselves that we then want to go on and share with others and like you said also getting out of the corporate world and doing it for yourself so it's really great that you decided to do that so like early on as well in your 20s and 
now, you know, with the Journey Junkie, you're really well known for your online community and the online courses that you offer. But what was your business like before you moved into online courses and how long was it into your business before you launched your first course? Yeah. So sometimes people, I get some flack for the name Journey Junkie, right? And again, let's rewind. I was 24 at the time. I'm 32. So, and when the website first went live, it was a travel blog because I'd been traveling and living in Europe. And so for the first year I was running a travel blog until I found, felt, um, until I ran out of travel information to share. And then it evolved into a yoga blog. And then I became a yoga teacher and I was sharing, you know, more information around that. And then it evolved into a yoga YouTube channel. And then finally it evolved into a yoga business and me really taking on that role of being an entrepreneur. So before the courses, I was really all over the place, right? I was hopscotching, um, I was writing all sorts of articles and this was really in the time of the blogging era and YouTube was just being leveraged for yoga classes. And really it was also gaining momentum and popularity at that time. So there was a lot of blog post writing, which was great because it built this foundation or this archive of material and also helped me get traffic to my website. Right. And it was organic traffic that was coming through Google searches and Pinterest. So that was great. Um, but then it really started evolving into a community with the addition of YouTube. So YouTube was really that pivotal point in my online journey where I realized like, okay, now I'm connecting with people because throwing up a static image in uh, child's pose versus guiding someone through child's pose on camera is an entirely different experience. And that was the gateway to the community that I've built and I'm still building, right? Nice. Yeah. And so how many years was it into the business before you were like, okay, now I want to look at developing and launching an online course? Yeah, I think I wrote it here. Um, I had to like go back in my brain <laughs> and remember, but it was, let's see, at least three years, which yeah. is longer than I would recommend now. But at the time, remember, like I said, I was blogging about travel, then yoga products, then yoga poses, and then I got on YouTube. And it wasn't until the YouTube came that I felt that connection and that surge of trust and community and was like, okay, these people are ready for something more than a YouTube yoga class. So I would say if we, if we put a pin in it from the time I started getting on YouTube consistently, um, about a year, year and a half later, I launched my first paid program. Yeah, sure. And so then in those early days when you were focusing on building your community, what sorts of things did you try and, you know, what worked, what didn't work? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me see here. You know, Pinterest was great. Pinterest still is great. You've got to have a lot more strategy behind it. But back then you could throw up any pin and it would be like wildfire viral. Now they've really tightened it up and they want, you know, great content as they should. Right. So I use Pinterest then and I leverage Pinterest now to get people onto my email list or at least getting onto my website and 
signing up for my email list through how that positioning of the blog post is written or the yoga class is presented. So Pinterest is still a main traffic source and it's a driver to me. So people get introduced and I also use it as a way to go directly towards free challenges, free PDFs, things of that nature. Um, in the beginning, as I was building too, I really want to harp on challenges because I think it's such a unique thing to our industry, right? You'll, you'll see a lot of other online entrepreneurs using webinars that works, but it also doesn't work in the yoga space. And I've tested it. You know, we're teaching something that's experiential. It's in our bodies. It's visceral. So I think challenges are such a great way to build your email list, build momentum, give people results and also build community. So the first challenge I ever did was called the 30 post journey, 30 poses, 30 days. It broke down one pose. It was like a seven to 10 minute video. We dripped it out on YouTube and we promoted it for like two months before it launched. And that was revolutionary for me and my YouTube channel. Uh, YouTube likes momentum, as do human beings. We like to feel like we're making progress. So that was really great in building viewership, subscribers, and building my email list, and building trust and connection with these people that are meeting me through a screen. And then additionally, we kept putting out weekly content, which looks like a short yoga video on YouTube. That's also dovetailed with a blog post and an email, right? So that's kind of like three things that go together weekly as a package. Mm -hmm. And we also came out with a few more challenges that were free until we launched that course. And we got to the point where our email list was at 20,000 people, pure organic marketing, no paid advertising at this point. Um, I think it would be a little bit harder to get there now as quickly because the market is a little bit more saturated, but challenges are such a great way to build your yoga community. Also in tandem, having a free Facebook group where you can promote the challenge, lead the challenge. And here's the thing, guys, while challenges are a lot of upfront work and energy, and you do need to have strategy behind them. So you're not spinning your wheels. Now, all these challenges I've created years ago, we're still using. They're still building our email list. We're still marketing them. We still run ads to them. They're on my homepage still. So there's such a great um, building block for your business and for your community. And I think they're so great for yoga because, you know, three-day challenge, five-day challenge, seven-day meditation challenge, because it's experiential versus a webinar is a little bit, it's hard for our market. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. Um, and just also to get everybody hyped up as a community together, doing the challenge together. Um, you know, if you say use it, do it inside a Facebook group, you've got that community aspect. So you talked a bit about um, content already, but let's talk a little bit more about email marketing. Like what has been your experience and journey with growing your list? Like any kind of highlights where something really, really worked? Yeah, yeah. And also real quick before we move on from that, because you said the word community. And I think that's also a massive selling point that we need to be cognizant of because anyone can do any old YouTube video, right? They can also sign up for a plethora 
of online yoga memberships like Aloe Moves and Yoga Glow and Yoga International and Down Dog App. I mean, there's so many and their budgets are ridiculous, right? So they're going to beat us out every time when it comes to content creation and production. But what they can't beat us out on, and I'm a member of Yoga International, Yoga Glow. I've used Aloe Moves. I use the Sweat app, right? So I use a lot of these online membership tools as well. But what they can't beat you out on is community. Mm -hmm. So that's why we go to a brick and mortar yoga studio, right? We want to feel that connection. We want to see familiar faces when we get on our yoga mat. And so as you build your community, you're really going to build that familiarity and connection and trust and belonging that you're not going to get in this large, crazy membership site like Yoga Glow, for example. So that's really our selling point of what we're creating and cultivating. And then when we have programs, what we're selling, you know, I've one of my mentors, and teacher Stu McLaren says, you know, people come for the content, but they stay for the community. That's what keeps them with you. So that's really important. I just want to touch on that before we move on. And I'm sure you experienced that too, Kelly, in your group. Oh, totally, totally. It's all, always, always about the community, full stop. You know, just having that accountability, support, you're with a group of like-minded people all mm -hmm. going on the same journey as you. You can't, you can't beat that really. No, and it's, it's a safe container yeah, where people feel seen and heard and like they can share without judgment. So it's really important to have that space and build it and also show people that you can manage that space and that they will feel safe in it. So that's important too. And that, that really ties into the free Facebook group when I'm saying building community, right? Yeah. So, um, email marketing, what's uh, worked? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so just to give you guys transparency into my world right now, our list is hovering right around 75,000 people. However, 22,000 of those people are cold. So, um, that's something for me to look at and pay attention to. And I'm just going to give you guys some tips that I've really come to see as incredibly important as you're building your email list. So you avoid some of the stuff that I'm currently going through with this really large list that feels like, ah, uh, I missed some really important key stepping stones along the way in building that list. So number one, I use ConvertKit and I really love the software program and I highly recommend it. It's really robust and I feel like it's also affordable. Um, with email list building, just like your content, consistency matters. So sending that weekly email or that bi-monthly email or that monthly email, whatever cadence you decide, stick to it. And then if you're going to change it, let your community know why you're changing it, right? So um, that helps build that trust and connection and also integrity. People know, okay, Allie and Kelly are showing up in my inbox regularly so I can count on them when it comes time for us to sell something to them. They know that, okay, we're, we're doing the work and we're showing up consistently, even if they're not opening your emails, right? Yeah. So um, don't, don't get dissuaded by, by your open rates. They're important, but also know people stay on your list for a reason. Mm. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah. What'd you say? I'm glad you said that because quite often, you know, teachers will freak out. They're like, oh, my, my open rate is only 40%. It's like, that's really good. <laughs> you know, don't worry about it. And just the fact that your name is appearing in their inbox, 
regularly, like week after week, even if they don't open it, you mm -hmm. are still front of mind. You know, when you've got a retreat or something, or they're thinking about a retreat and you're, you've just launched one, they're going to think of you. So it's, yeah, I'm really glad you Pre said that. Precisely. You know, I think of Danielle Laporte. I've been on her email list for a handful of years now. I've purchased a few of her products, right? But I also don't open like 90% of her emails, but I stay on her list because I like her work. I like her values and what she's offering in the world. And I have purchased from her and I probably will purchase in the future, but I don't open like 90% of her emails, right? So I just want you to put that in perspective and think about your own behaviors with emails and thinking about who's coming into your inbox regularly and who's building trust by being there on a normal basis and um, what, what, what relationship you're building through that process. And then flip it and think about you being the person who's getting into other people's inboxes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, other things in your email list building, which can be hard in the beginning, but be vulnerable, be yourself, share your story. Like the consumer now has been so trained, they know email marketing from start to finish. So if you are coming off as this more robotic, you know, type style yoga communication, people are gonna see through that and they're gonna unsubscribe. So always trying to share a little bit about yourself, I think is, will go a long way in building that relationship. Okay. <laughs> um, you don't have to like open Pandora's box, right? But just small ways that they can feel and connect to your humanness is really important. Um, yeah. What else did I write here? Again, going back to those challenges, really great way to build momentum. They've been instrumental in building our email list. Um, I have a few tips for you guys. Okay. So if you can think about, if you're someone who's not built out a program yet, start brainstorming what would that program maybe be and then work backwards and create your first free offering, right? So let's use me as an, as an example. I have an online yoga studio that's a membership community and it's called the Body, Mind, Soul Studio. So something that I need to work on as a way to build my wait list out and also get people cognizant of what my main offering is, is like some kind of Body, Mind, Soul Studio free challenge, right? And so when they go to my website, that's what they see on the homepage, in the sidebar, in the footer. I'm mentioning it on social media. So I'm mentioning it in my YouTube descriptions and making that like your primary focus and not dispersing your energy all over the place. I definitely made the mistake of making way too many freebies in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point because people who then sign up for that, you know, you're qualifying them. They're almost putting their hands up to say, I'm really interested in this. And they don't even know about your paid for offering yet, but you're kind of, you're, you're finding the right people. So it's, yeah, it's really great to do that work up front and get the right people in. You want to be detracting the wrong people, you know, you yeah. want to be bringing the right people in. Yes, and, and like planting that small seed yeah. so that when it comes time to open your program, open your doors, they've already been nurtured and um, they've met you and they've learned your teaching style and they can decide if you're for them or not. But I definitely, I think, made a few mistakes in that way where I dispersed the focus of what I offer by having like too many freebies. 
right? And the number on your email list is a vanity number. The metrics you're really looking at are open rates and click-through rates and engagement rates. And so great, I have 75,000 people, but how many people are opening that communication, right? And so by keeping them in a strategic journey, um, that's going to be really helpful in maintaining that engagement. So think about what your offering is reverse engineer it, find something that you can create, something that you can offer for free. You know, you guys, there's so many freebies out there and you can look at so many people's websites to just get a few ideas and start brainstorming and work on that. And then make that your cornerstone offering to build your email list. And then another tip for your email list is, I didn't have this for years. <laughs> Once they get on your email list and let's say they go through that free offering, you want to have some kind of welcome or indoctrination series. Indoctrination is kind of a weird word. <laughs> I always feel like it's kind of culty. I don't know about you, Kelly. <laughs> but you, you want some way for them to learn about you. And whether you decide to weave that into your free offering, let's say you have a free three-day challenge. So in that way, you can decide, am I just going to keep them super focused on the challenge and then funnel them into another, like, two week long sequence that really explains who I am, what my credentials are, what my story is, and then offer up your other best materials and also train these people what goes on here. So for me, like I email them every Wednesday with a new free yoga class. We also invite you on retreats. We also have an online yoga studio. Even if the doors are closed, I still want people to know what I'm all about, right? So you really want to have that welcome indoctrination series in place so you don't have to do all that heavy lifting. They're going to meet you through that experience. Um, that was something I definitely didn't implement for years. And it's also something I need to completely update and redo at this point too. <laughs> yeah, we've just updated all of ours, actually. That is it's a good point. You forget about it because it's just running in the background. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good because, you know, it's taking the weight off doing that work up front and they're getting to know you, you're building that trust, you're providing them with extra value and, you know, you can even use it to funnel people into a sale, as you said. So... Absolutely. If you've got an evergreen sale, you know, on the front end, just like I just said, you're going to think about what's a free offering that will bring them into this experience. And really in that funnel or that email experience, you're both, you're both giving the offering and value and building trust. And you're also sharing your story all in one in that whole sequence. So that's more of a blend, but absolutely. It's a great way to sell evergreen products. Um, and another tip for you guys is inside your emails, how do we build engagement, right? So you could do things like if your list is smaller, and even with our big list, we still do this. Reply and tell me your morning ritual, right? So if I'm sending a morning yoga class out, um, how can you get them engaging with you, right? Beyond just clicking through to the podcast, the video, the blog post, because engagement builds community and it builds connections. So reply to this email and tell me X, Y, Z, or something new we're doing on our YouTube videos is comment in the YouTube, right in the YouTube comments, I am strong so that I know you're part of this community and you read this email. And then not only is that building connection, but YouTube likes engagement too. So then YouTube is prioritizing my videos because it's getting more engagement. So start thinking about ways that you can create little tiny trails of engagement and connection through your, through your weekly 
through your consistent email efforts, right? I don't know if you're doing it weekly, but we're really trying to experiment with that, right? Mm, love that. Really, really great. Yeah. So what about in terms of, um, you know, we've talked obviously about kind of email marketing in general at any point in your business, but in terms of like when you are going into launch mode, so, you know, mm -hmm. you're going into your launch phases, what role does email does your email list have in like launching your online courses? It's everything. Mm. It's everything. <laughs> it is the foundation. It is the structural integrity to everything we do and everything we offer and how we serve. It's how I make a living. It's how I pay my bills. It's how I pay my team. <laughs> Yeah. Um, literally email, just like how there's the saying cash is king, email is king. And until something replaces that, that will still, that, that, that is the number one rule in my opinion, right? You're yeah. seeing a lot of people moving into this texting thing now. Um, so I don't know much about that. Like text me and uh, you know, I'm on someone's text list where I get her text daily. Um, but I still believe right now email is king. Yeah, the list is in the money. No, the money is in the list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the money is in the list, exactly. Um, so could you kind of just talk a little bit more about a launch challenge? So you've, talked, you've mentioned challenge, challenge quite a few times, but could you just kind of talk us through it in terms of like, say you were using it as a part of your launch phase into a course, like how has that looked for you in the past? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, we just did a challenge back in June and it was leading into opening our online yoga studio. Uh, so I always use a challenge before a launch for our market, right? Kelly's a little bit different because she's teaching marketing and business and strategy. So a challenge might be good for her, but she could also leverage a webinar because it's, information-based, right? But if you're teaching restorative yoga, meditation, pranayama, general yoga, right? Um, we want to get them moving and we want to get them feeling like they're getting results quickly, quick wins and building that trust and community, right? So a challenge for me looks like this. So inside my online yoga studio this year, we're focusing on dream creation and goal setting using the chakra system. It's a very niche focus. And back in January, when we opened the doors and started this year long curriculum, we did a create and achieve your dreams challenge. It was awesome. It was right as the decade was coming into play and none of this crazy shit had happened yet. <laughs> so people were pumped for the decade. Now, just recently, right, it's been six months, a lot has happened since January, and um, I wanted to re-engage people who were part of that initial challenge and also general people on my list. So we did a three-day Revive Your 2020 Dreams Yoga Challenge, and it was over the span of a weekend, so it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and what that looks like, I really want to paint a clear picture for you. So leading up to even promoting the challenge, we try and do a month of what I call nurturing. So yes, I've been in their inbox every week offering yoga classes, but I want to get them thinking about dreaming, goal setting. I want to start planting seeds, talking about the chakra system. So I'll send an additional email for that whole month before we go into promo period. And that's really, again, just building more connection and trust and also planting those seeds. 
Then we'll go into promoting the challenge. And that's usually a 10 to 14 day window where we're getting people to sign up from our email list. Also at this point, we're leveraging paid advertising through Facebook, right? And we're retargeting our email list. And what that means is you can take your email list and export it and then import it into Facebook. And you have the ability to retarget the people who aren't opening your emails or have opened them, but they haven't clicked through and actually signed up for the challenge yet. So we have a 10 to 14 day window where we're promoting this challenge and we're really going hard. You know, we'll also put up a short video on YouTube and keep that like our spotlighted video for that whole promo period time. And we'll use tools as well. Like TubeBuddy is on YouTube and you can insert like a description line across all of your YouTube videos without having to edit all however many you have. And so we'll really try and plant that seed anywhere we're present in the online space. Sign up for this challenge, <laughs> right? Then once the challenge starts, it's three days of intense focus, engagement, and momentum. And how I usually design it for me is there's pre-recorded yoga materials, like a class, a meditation, or a worksheet. And then we also have live calls. So there's two components. And the live calls are really focused around breakout rooms. I'll like lead the pre-recorded meditation that's sent out earlier in the day. I'll lead that meditation live. Then we'll have a journal prompt. Then we'll go into a breakout room and I'll give them things to talk about in that breakout room space. I'll bring them back in. We'll spotlight a few people. Um, and then at the end, I'll have a call to action. And also all of this happens within the container of a free Facebook group. I do the method now of a pop-up Facebook group. So it pops up only for the free challenge and during launch, and then it closes down. I find that to be the most energetically aligning for me. I used to run a very large Facebook group. Kelly can attest to it. It is a lot of management from you and your team. And so I found that these pop-up groups are great because it's like, let's hit it lots of power, lots of energy, lots of engagement, lots of momentum. And then I can segue into the paid offering and shift my attention away. Right. So that's the method we've been using for like the last year and a half pop up Facebook groups that we archive when, once it's all over. So, um, want me to keep going? I mean, that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So I love it because you've got that education phase where you're you know, as you say, nurturing, and you're just kind of planting seeds around the topics that you know you're going to be teaching, you know, further down the line, and then moving everybody into that kind of launch phase, into the challenge. You know, you, it's really important to break it up into phases when you're going into launch. You know, it's not a case of just sending an email out and posting on Instagram. You really need to be strategic about how you're moving people through that journey with you, you know, and the behavior mm -hmm. that you're, um, mm -hmm. that you're encouraging. So that's really, really great. And, um, so when enrollments open, then what type of activity are you doing through your email list once you've opened the door to your, to your studio? Yeah. Great question. Great question. And this is stuff that will take you, it's, it's okay to not have it all figured out, right? Like I just tweaked our launch 
kind of template or plan like two days before we launched because I purchased a recent business course and he recommended a different template for launching than what I had been doing. And I was like, we're blowing everything up, starting over. My team's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> so um, it's important to stay malleable and flexible and adaptable as you launch because you might learn something new right before you launch, right? So I want to say that. And I also want to say it's okay. And we did a launch debrief with my team afterwards. And my husband used to be in like really high intense construction project management. And you know, it's okay for the back end to be a shit show. As long as the front end and what the consumer and the customer is experiencing is a unified message and a strong sense of support and support and customer service. But it's okay if the back end is a shit show. You'll get better at making it less of a shit show the more you launch. <laughs> Although I've launched a lot and this last one was a shit show too. So I don't know. <laughs> but okay. So what does it look like on my email list when the cart opens, right? So think about this in your head. They've now gone through this. This last one was three a three-day challenge, which I really enjoyed. Um, Anything more than five days is hard for a challenge. People have lives, they're busy, they're going to fall off. And I've noticed that psychologically, the more days that people miss, the more they beat themselves up and they feel um, disappointed and like, oh, I'm not making any progress. If you're not helping people make progress, they're not going to buy from you. Just point blank. So the shorter the challenge, like three to five days is a really nice sweet spot to keep their engagement up and keep helping them gain little quick wins, right? So then you want to really be planting seeds along the whole way in your emails and in your live calls in the challenge about your offering. So I was talking about the Body, Mind, Soul Studio. I was sharing stories or what might be known as testimonials throughout the entire experience. So the seed was subtly being planted, but never was the sales page shared or the offer wasn't made yet, right? Right after the challenge ends, so day three happens and then cart opens. And on that cart open day, they're getting a, the cart is open, time sensitive invite, check, you know what I mean? Like this is important kind of email. I then have a live call later that day to present the offer to sell the studio, right? Mm -hmm. And also we like reflect on everything we did the past three days and try and like really hype them up. Like, look what you've done and why stop now kind of verbiage and languaging. And then after that live call happens where we're making the offer right there and then, I send out an email later that evening with a replay link so that everyone who couldn't attend they now have a replay. So on day one of cart open, there's two emails and the activity is a live call, right? Yeah. Also my pop-up Facebook group is still open. So there's a lot of engagement going on. Like we're streaming that live call from zoom into the group, lots of engagement going on. Then my next day is what I call a live cast where I bring on members of my studio who are really strong members are super engaged and active. And we did like a panel conversation with the six of us on this Zoom call, streaming into the Facebook group. And it was like a live Q&A because listen, at this point, they've seen your face a lot of days in a row. And they kind of start to tune out about who you are and if they should trust you, if they're on the fence. So it's nice to get other people on a live call with you to share their story and their progress. Again, it's just 
positioning you as the authority figure and they're connecting with someone else, right? They don't have to keep seeing your face. <laughs> um, on day three, I do a live Q&A. So I have my team help me gather questions that have been coming in through email and that they're seeing a repetitive theme happening in the Facebook group. Also like the strongest objections of why they wouldn't join. I'm pretending if it hasn't been asked yet, this is a question, we're gonna answer it. It's really an objection, right? That I know um, is keeping them from saying yes to this investment in joining our community. So it's a live Q and A. And then the final day um, inside this challenge, I did like a morning breathwork, pranayama, journaling, um, Facebook Live, and again, answered questions. And on these live calls, you know, you're, you're selling, you're really selling. And all of these live events have emails that are attached to them, right? So like, we're going live in the Facebook group, meet these incredible women from my community, see you soon for the live Q&A, replay link later that day. Um, meet me for a morning, meet me for a morning, morning coffee chat inside the Facebook group. And this is all being sent to the people who were in the challenge specifically, not my whole email list. Mm -hmm. And then on cart closing day, we've got three emails going out. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> and all of these emails, we're using technology that have countdown timers, um, all the ways that you can think of to help people get over the fear and over the fence and say, yes. Now. What I also want to say to you is this, you're going to have people who didn't sign up for your challenge, but they're still on your email list and you still want to offer your program, right? So how do you do that? So all of that emailing I just shared with you would only go to the people in the challenge. It's a lot and you're hammering them. And I just experimented Kelly with a four day cart open and it's been my favorite amount of time yet. I don't, how long do you usually do card opens for? So uh, this is quite interesting. You, you mentioned this because it used to be that you would do like 12 to 14 days. And I've definitely seen in the kind of online course space, though that period being reduced. So mine are about seven to 10 days, just depends really. Yeah, this was the shortest we've ever done. And I was kind of nervous about it. Like, yeah. oh. But I will tell you, it was the best experience yet as the person leading it, as the team supporting it and the, the ideology behind such a short, and listen, if you're just starting out, I actually recommend a longer open cart. I used to do 14 days, then it went to seven, then it went to six. And this was our first four. So I was really nervous about it. But the ideology behind it is this, that it's taking a lot of energy for you to keep selling, for your team to keep supporting and for your email list to keep opening and listening. And also like they're on the fence, right? So the longer the offer stays open, the, the more time they have to get in their heads and be like, eh, yeah. I don't need that. Yeah, exactly. I think if you come, you know, really strong with some real kind of like urgency, and of course, if you've done it a number of times, say for the longer periods, you can look back at that and really see which, emails you know had the biggest impact in increasing sales like what activity during that launch period really worked and how can mm -hmm. you just move that into a shorter shorter launch period so because it is a lot of emails and that's one of the things that a lot of teachers get stressed about they're like it's too many emails i can't send that many emails but having said that you know it does work <laughs>
It works. It's the template. It's used everywhere. And listen, if people like, okay, you guys, so we send a weekly email, right? I told you we have 75,000 people on our email list. Over a hundred people unsubscribe every email I send every single email. And you know what? I'm like, great. Get off my email list. You're helping me prune it. Awesome. You're doing it for me. (laughs) And if you're not interested in buying from me, um, then fine. That's okay. Find someone that you want to be on their email list and practice yoga with. Because I'm serving you every single week with a free yoga class that's taking a lot of energy from me and my team to support and produce, then I have a right to sell to you my services. Yeah. And if you don't want to, if you don't want to hear it, fine. That's okay. Yeah. Um, and if you want to unsubscribe, fine. I feel like you're creating space for new people to come in, right? So um, new yoga teachers, don't get in your head. I feel like unsubscribes are really healthy and, mm. unless it's getting to like a pace, place of detriment, right? But um, it, it is healthy it's, and it's normal. And so, you know, you've done so much in terms of showing up and providing free content and really helping people that actually this is your moment, you know, <laughs> your moment now <laughs> to sell what you have to serve people in your community and to help them to get back to go a bit deeper with you and to really kind of move through a transformation, you know, journey. So, yeah. yeah don't hold back. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. And don't be afraid of all those emails. And also the consumer is now trained, right? They know. And also in all of my sales emails, we put like a PS don't want to receive any more of these emails about the body, mind, soul studio. Click here, click here to opt out and keep receiving our free weekly yoga classes. So that's a great way to give people an out without having to completely unsubscribe from your list. Right. And that's technology that's available inside your email service provider there's tutorials, you'll figure that out. Okay. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. What I also want to share is what happens to everyone else on your list who didn't sign up for the challenge. So to give you a framework, 75,000 people are on my list, 10,000 people signed up for the challenge that we just did. So what about the other 65,000 people? What do you do with them? Right? So a really nice template is you send them an open cart email, then you send them how will my offering help you? And then you send them a cart closing email. So it's just three emails instead of like eight or 10. (laughs) Um, But you're still giving them the opportunity to know what you're offering. And it's, it's a much more simplified version of what you're sending to the people who are part of your challenge, right? Or, or whatever your launch mechanism is. It might be a series of webinars. So that's something too that I just, tested this last time and I think it was really great yeah brilliant so before we finish up then can you just share like from your most successful launch let's say what has been the highlight of that launch yeah so um highlights are just to remind all of you nurture your people for The person that I am learning from at the moment says one to three months, and he calls it the connection awareness phase where there's no call to action. You're not selling anything. You're not mentioning your offering. You are sharing your values and your philosophy and your beliefs, and you're planting seeds. You're also sharing stories of people that you've helped thus far. So really creating that really long runway is important to start recreating connection, especially for those of us who've been in it for a while, like 
they kind of get trained to not open your emails like we talked about, right? Because they know, oh, Allie and Kelly are showing up every single week, yada, 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 right? So something new to catch their interest and get them connecting with you again. And then give yourself also a nice runway to promote your challenge. And if you're not using paid advertising yet, I want you to be going live on your Instagram, live on your Facebook, live on your YouTube to promote the challenge and using every corner of your online space to promote that challenge as well. How can you plaster it everywhere to get as many people into that challenge experience? Another really great thing that we've been doing, and I love it, this came from Jill Stanton, who runs, um, what is it, nine to five? Screw the nine to five is her online business, her and her husband's. And when they run challenges, they hold everyone outside of the Facebook group until the night before. Yeah. So this is a really interesting tactic because if you've got a 10 to 14 day window before your challenge opens, managing that free Facebook group as you're waiting for the challenge to launch is a lot of energy from you and your team. And it's going to take away from your ability to promote the challenge and really be out there and be seen and heard. So hold them out of the group and make sure you let them know that because then you'll get emails. I'm not getting into the group. hold them out of the group and like two days before let everyone in and it's going to be this wild surge of energy and momentum and everyone's going to be pumped for the challenge versus making everyone wait around for two weeks right and then in the challenge show up you need to do something live every single day Okay, so you can have pre-recorded content and live content, but you need to show up live every single day, whether it's on Zoom or a Facebook Live. Show up, right? You've got to be the leader. You have to be the leader. It's really important. And then your launch, think about how am I going to strategically launch? What elements am I going to use, right? Am I going to use Facebook Lives? Am I going to use a webinar? Am I going to reach out and do joint ventures or affiliates with people that are in my space and can help me promote? Am I going to do all of these live, there's like a live cast with testimonials? Am I going to do, you know, morning yoga, morning asana or morning pranayama or meditation? So start to think about those elements. And um, lastly, when it comes to launching, you want some kind of incentive to make people buy. Yes, the cart closing is the final incentive, but what can you offer? So for instance, for us, we have an online yoga studio. So we really want them to buy the yearly membership, right? So they're not gonna cancel versus the monthly option, which um, is it makes us vulnerable from a business standpoint. Um, so how can we incentivize them to buy and, buy and sign up for that annual membership? Are you offering money off for 48 hours or 24 hour window? For us, we mailed them a gift. So we have a physical gift that we mail our yearly members. Um, So start thinking about that too. So on the front end of the launch cart open, how can I incentivize people to either sign up quickly or choose pay in full or pay for the year? And then what am I doing throughout it? And lastly, when it comes to launching, Give yourself a giant window for planning. Like even with all the experience me and my team have, we decided we really need a three to four month runway for launches. And that sounds crazy, but it's not. 
So really give yourself breathing room so that when you show up to launch, you are fully available and present because I'll tell you this last launch, like I had the, a bathtub breakdown and, um, I had to take a hot bath every single night, but I had a, a serious bathtub breakdown and it's really just a mismanagement of energy and a mismanage of my time and, um, not putting the pieces in place to plan further out. So I brought that upon myself and your energy is really the, the through line when you're launching. So knowing that you can stay in that regulated state and not swing <laughs> to the bathtub breakdowns is really important. And as yoga teachers, we have those tools to manage our energy. So um, plan, 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 plan. Give yourself a big space. And time afterwards to rest and celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Kelly. Yes. Yes. Because then once you launch, now you're, now you're sell, now you're supporting the people who purchase from you. So yeah. you also need to think about that cart closes and you immediately go into serving mode and teaching mode and supporting mode. And usually that's going to be like another week of high intense energy. Customer service has to be spot on especially for us, we're a membership, so they can cancel anyone who's monthly. So like that first month is vital that we show up and people know that they're taken care of. Right. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't end. And so, yes, like after that first week after cart closes and everyone gets like settled in, give yourself a nice few days of relaxation, reflection. And also I want you to do a launch debrief. So this time was the first time we've ever done a launch debrief, which is crazy too, because I've been launching a lot, but we pulled every number, every email open rate, click through rate. We pulled stuff from the archive Facebook group to see what people were saying. And we really got together as a team. You can do this by yourself though, and reflect like what worked and what didn't work and how will that inform the next time I launch a product or a service. So yeah, that's really the whole thing spanned out for you. And uh, email is king. Let's say queen. Yeah, definitely. You gentlemen king. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much, Ali. Share with us then anything that you've got coming up the rest of this year and how we can connect with you. We'll share all your links as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, you can find me everywhere as the Journey Junkie. I will give you a little secret. I am going to be rebranding. Uh, soon in the future this year, but everywhere right now on YouTube, on Instagram, on email, I am the journey junkie and that's my URL too, thejourneyjunkie.com. So really what I want to invite you to do, because I don't have any offerings for yoga teachers from a marketing business capacity, but go look at how I've pieced things together and how I'm, how I'm building everything out and then take that and use it for yourself right? Like we learn from others. And so I don't think that's copycatting at all. Study my stuff, see, you know, sign up for my stuff, save the email funnels, save it all and see what I'm doing and reverse engineer it. Yeah, definitely. So, well, thank you so much, Ali. You're an absolute legend. And um, thank you. Likewise, Kelly. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really happy to be here. You've been listening to the Yogipreneur podcast brought to you by Digital Yoga Academy, the leader in business and marketing education for yoga teachers worldwide. And if you loved what you learned today, please subscribe, rate, and give us a review. 
And remember that learning is nothing without taking action.